okay, okay, pull over, pull over to the side of the road, pull your horses over to the side of the road, buckle up, buckle in, sit down. We're going to talk to somebody who runs an interesting website, writes interesting books, and I presume teaches interesting kids. Oh, wait, the horses. No, that's Amish. Mennonites drive cars, don't they? Trucks? Sure. Why not? Okay, pull over. Uh, what, is, what kind of truck? I don't know. Your half ton, your quarter ton. Pull her over, sit down, and listen to this interview with um, author. I mentioned, yeah, author, uh, teacher, uh, website, humorist. Humorist? Yeah. Okay. Andrew Unger. Andrew's down in Steinbeck and he's doing his thing, but he's released his book, Once Removed. It's an interesting book about um, progress, quote unquote progress, close quote, and uh, growth, quote growth, unquote, and history, quote history, unquote, and um, and where the where those where those things all intersect, and sometimes uh, something doesn't make it <laughs> and so all too often it's the history that gets left behind Whoa, heavy thought okay heavy thought alert history gets left behind all the time and that's uh in some cases not not good not not a nice thing we'd like to know where we came from and we'd like to use that sometimes to know where we're going to so what you should do is go to um, your podcatcher, which you're probably listening to us on now, you should go to the subscribe button and hit subscribe and you should follow us on social media just because it's the thing to do. That's what we got to ask you to do. We like that. The more people we can be uh, become involved with <laughs> or involved in what we're doing, the better. Um, you can contact us as always through manitobaville.ca to tell us what you're thinking and to get involved that way too. And also, if you want to become an advertiser on the show, you can do it there. And we will pass you along to the people who put that together and make it happen for us. It's very slick and very happening and very cool. It's all the uh, all the kids are doing it. And you want to get in on that because it's the, uh, the fun thing to do. So we're going to talk to Andrew Unger, author, humorist, teacher, Interesting guy, um, man about Steinbeck, right after these messages. Okay, there, how's that? Yeah, I got you in the machine now. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, so we're joined now by uh, author, Manitoba author, Mennonite specialist, and uh, <laughs> comedic, is it Wunderkind? Is that the uh, yeah? Well, that, that that would be high German, but close enough. Okay, what's the low German? Oh boy, for that word, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got the dictionary. I'll have to look it up. I think it might be just he's just this guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something. Just do the accent. Just say the English words with it with the Mennonite accent. That's good enough. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't want to inter- I want. I don't want to offend anybody. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just can't, can't say anything these days without offending someone. But, <laughs> but you you do a good job of it. I think 
you're not offending anybody, but you're certainly making uh, a lot of people uh, laugh yeah. and, and find the humor. Yeah, I'm not trying to offend anyone. You know, it's just uh, uh, jokes. I, I always think of the Daily Bonnet as uh, a celebration of Mennonite things as much as uh, it's not a criticism so much as a celebration, you know? Yeah, it's a lot of people don't realize that that's how humor works. Like the, the Archie Bunker's there to draw attention to certain things, not, you know, they're not sitting there pro, uh, promoting the ideas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's almost a lot of times you're meaning the opposite of what you're saying, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So how's that, how's that going for you? With the, da the Daily Bond, it's a blog, right? This is, it's a sort of a new site. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a, um, uh satirical news kind of like a Mennonite version of the onion you know fake news articles that are not fake news in the bad way you know uh right. the uh good funny kind of fake news <laughs> <laughs> funny kind of fake news what is what define that let's unpack that well yeah so you know I, I started it in 2016 um and I kind of uh uh I noticed there were you know, the onion's been around for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I noticed there were a lot of other like smaller or newer or more niche kind of satire websites popping up around then. And so I just kind of started, the, started the, the Mennonite version, but basically the articles are, you know, they look, they have the structure of a real news article, mm -hmm. but by the headlines and content, you should be able to tell that it's, just uh, a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of feedback do you get from the community? Yeah, you know, at first, when I first started, there there was sometimes people who even thought the articles were real or or <laughs> whatever. You know, uh, that doesn't happen as often. Um, and mostly, the mostly the feedback is positive. It's you know, not everyone's gonna like. It's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea, but but um, mostly, especially you know. Mennonites themselves uh, uh, seem to like it, you know, because I sometimes people say I refer to things and they're like, oh, wow, I, I, I hadn't thought of that in decades. You know, it reminds me of my childhood because I'm referring to something, you know, that they hadn't done or hadn't thought about for a long time. So, yeah, it's kind of fun that way. OK, yeah, I knew some people. It was a, a, a singing trio from the Steinbeck area, and they used to do kind of funny songs about Tupperware and different things <laughs> in German. And they had, yeah. And, and so to listen to them, I'm not a fluent German speaker by any means. Um, and that includes most words, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we we're sitting there listening to them and everybody else was just cracking up. It was just crazy. Yeah. It's just funny. And if you trans, if you, it's, it's a lot, if you translate it, it's not funny probably. Yeah. No, we, we didn't even try They just said, listen, that song was about Tupperware. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but you know what Mennonite Tupperware is. What's that? Mennonite Tupperware is just like, you know, an ice cream pail or a margarine container, things like that, you know. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's going to say saran wrap or I don't know. Well, it's just, I don't know. It's cheaper. You got to reuse everything, you know. Yeah, so. true that. We used to use ice cream buckets on the farm all the time back in the oh, 70s yeah. and 80s. So was, you get ice cream, it take forever to eat it, but then you'd have a bucket <laughs> to use for whatever. So. Exactly. You know, you you buy the, the, the ice cream pail for the pail. Really, you're buying it for the pail. Yeah, the, the ice, ice cream, cream is an inconvenience. It's something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's too expensive once, to just throw away. So you got to... <laughs> I, I once did a, I did an article about um, that, um, 
Winkler was uh, abandoning the metric system and replacing it with the ice cream pail method <laughs> and everything was going to be measured now in, in, um, in ice cream pails. They even figured out a way of measuring distances, like the distance between Winkler and Morden was uh, 10,506 ice cream pails from Morden, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, that's a good standard. I can't argue with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So this is, uh, what's your background? Are you are you a comedian, professional comedian, just a funny guy, a writer? What was your, what's your, what's your background and how did you angle into this? Yeah, you know, like I, I teach high school English. That's not really the, the connection to this website, but. Um, well, it is written, it's background. written in English, so. Yes, that's true. That's true. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> the tie-in. Yeah, that's my background. I'm not a comedian. You know, sometimes people, I've been at, I've been asked to speak publicly in places, and I always have to tell people I'm not a stand-up comedian. If they're expecting, uh, you know, I'll read some articles, but stand-up comedy is a whole art form that you have to master. You can't just go up there and do it. You know. So, uh, right. but yeah, I've been, I've been a writer for. For a while you know before the daily bonnet and stuff like that so for quite a while yeah what kind of writing like this kind of uh, you know or... you know prior to the daily bonnet i was mostly writing i wrote um articles editorials reviews mostly serious stuff not not really not really humor but i always had a sense of humor uh you, you know even like when i was in high school you know mm -hmm. uh I wouldn't say I was a class clown in the sense of like what you think of, but I was always kind of the one with the sarcastic answers, sarcastic comments all the time. And you know, you know, I actually, I was thinking about this recently where this whole satire thing started for me. And I uncovered these political cartoons that I was drawing when I was 12 years old, I was drawing Brian Mulroney was prime minister at the time. Remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah, barely. Yeah, he was pretty. He had, <laughs> was a, pretty, a, while ago. He had a really quiet uh, tenure, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just uh, no yeah. one really. Yeah, he just kind of came and went without. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was like, I don't know what 10, 11, 12 year old, thirteen year olds are doing political cartoons, but I have notebooks full of those, and then I kind of. <laughs> faded away and then I think sort of came back in a way with the Daily Bonnet, although not so political, just about the Mennonites, but yeah. that kind of spherical edge, I always kind of had that. So you're, because, uh, yeah, comedian's a comedy comedian and then there's humorists and humorists aren't, you know, they're yeah. not rocking around making people crack up, but they're writing a specific type of, of prose to make, to bring light to absurd situations and, you know, like a political cartoonist does. They're, they're not out there to really, they want to make you laugh a bit, but they want to make you think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say, definitely say with the Daily Bonnet, um, uh, there's some, some of them are, don't really have a message to them, but there's like a, a, a chunk that definitely are trying to say something, you know, mm -hmm. in addition to making people laugh, think about something maybe in a new way or whatever. Yeah. Or as, as Brian Mulroney would have said, uh, yeah. That and you know, long, I want to hear how long you could do that. <laughs> that was that was maybe half as long as I could do. Okay, but uh, I, I learned that from him, and I learned later. I was always annoyed at that 
completely annoyed. He'd say, well, you know, uh, and then he'd go on like that, and then three more words, and then a big, uh, and it turned out he was just breaking up. It was so that you couldn't, you'd have to edit his words together. And so you, you couldn't get one sound bite out of him that would make him, you know, position oriented on anything. He was, he was making them break it up so they couldn't just sound bite it. So and later they, on, you, you could piece it into whatever you want. You know? Yeah. And then he could point out and say, well, they edited that. I didn't say I that. I didn't say that. I didn't yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah. There was a, there was a long uh, guttural sound that you missed. So you're, you're misrepresenting me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all of our, and I worked in news in the nineties. So all the, all the things with Brian Mulrooney, it'd be three words and then this long, they'd leave it in. Uh, so they'd make it, the, the words connect together. But it was just annoying. It was just like, oh, listen, this guy, can he talk? I thought he had a real like head issue or something. He just couldn't, like, how do you get, in, how do you get elected? I couldn't figure it out. Twice even, right? What's that? Yeah. He, he got he got elected twice. You know, I, I actually twice. met him. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I, I met him. <laughs> he came to, I live in Steinbeck. He came to Steinbeck, I guess it was a rally. Yeah. At the 80 Penner Park um, in 19, well, that would have been 88. Would that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you ran in what 84, 88. So it's probably a re election. Yeah. And then he yeah, abandoned. I shook, his, I shook his hand in 1988 when I was eight years old or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then he go, nice to And too, then it was uh, after that that I started winning the cartooning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True inspiration in person. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out I read, I heard something that he, he actually in Winnipeg, he put that, the new conservative coalition together. It was done here at a convention. Huh where he tied it all up and got the support from Quebec and, and Western Canada right. that he needed. Yeah. yeah. And he showed everybody, he said, look, my pockets, I got them all sewn up nice here. No money's going to fall out. So let's start, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's get on it. Anyway, yeah. I should say allegedly. He did right. That. Allegedly he did something like stealing. But you remember that? There's a book. Remember that book? It was a really popular book about his scandals at um, that time. Was it written? On the tape. On the take, yeah. On the take, I don't remember what the author who the author was, but yeah, he's a probably humorist as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. The whole thing was satire. Yeah. Tell people that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who who do something like that? That's absurd. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good defense. So, you have a really wide following. I understand. It's yeah, it's pre it's pretty it's pretty large. I mean, if you think about the subject matter, it's somewhat niche. But considering that, um, you know, I get quite a quite a lot of traffic and and quite sometimes i'm surprised like if you um on wordpress you know it, it, you can look up the, the the statistics of where the viewers are coming the mm -hmm. clicks are coming from. and uh, i've had people visiting my website from more or less every country but you know north korea really and, and Iran or something like it's it's i was like wow like who who in you know you name it who who in that country is reading this i don't know but they are it's I'll, the internet right i'll bet you kim jong-un Un is reading it he's just deleting his history right away so nobody knows <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's why nobody sees him these days he's trying to catch up yeah he's going through the backlog gotta read the daily bonnet yeah the daily bonnet. that'll get that'll fix the world eh so is yeah. it about world peace is this about stitching the world back together or something what's your what's your inspiration there must like not the obvious answer to that, but what's the real answer? <laughs> uh, not the obvious answer, but the real answer. Um, I wouldn't say 
world peace. Hmm, I don't know. Um, like it started kind of like the, I was, to be honest, I started what, with, with, I was annoyed with something about the Steinbeck City Council. They're kind of, I think it might've even been, uh, this is like local politics that you, doesn't matter to you, but there was a, an art center, an arts council, an arts building that was being proposed and they voted against it or something, didn't want to spend the money. Mm. And I, I think that was the issue. And so then I wrote a headline, um, Steinbeck, uh, city council uh, proposes to move the entire city to the Mennonite Heritage Village. Kind of the <laughs> idea that they're kind of like backwards or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I posted that and I posted that just on like my own, not a daily, daily bond, it didn't exist yet. I mm-hmm. posted that just on my own blog. And uh, usually when I wrote things, you know, 50, 100 people would, would read them. And then this one, that a satirical article I wrote, thousands of people read it. I'm like, whoa, what's... <laughs> what's going on here so i didn't really start it with the intent of i'm going to start a mennonite satire website i just wrote one and a lot of people read it and then i thought well i can write more and so then i you know registered a domain and all that and and have written one more yeah every day sometimes two but one every day since then so i've written i think 1800 articles or something like that it's pretty crazy when i think of that now well yeah that's that's insane, and, th- and yeah, that much that much content out of a uh, a single subject matter. But I guess yeah. it's nice because you can pivot off of that to bring in any world happening. I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. Is is at the beginning, if you would ask me six months into it, if you thought I would run out of ideas, I, I maybe I would have said maybe. But by now, I think. I could continue doing it as long as I want to, just just because, like you say, you, you take what's happening in the news and you just put an angle on it, put the Mennonite twist on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. makes, that makes you happy? That's all it takes? To make me happy? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess so. I guess so. It's fun. You know, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay. So... And then, then you write books. So how do you how do you find time to to do an article? Is it is it that inspirational? Like you can just sort of drum up something that quickly that it doesn't get in the way of your other work. The the Daily Bonnet articles, like I might not write one every day, but but uh, I might write if I I post a new one every day. But but they only take, um, you know, sometimes they might just take fifteen minutes to write one. But the but the the coming up with the idea is is maybe what takes longer. Mm-hmm. They're short, so they don't take long to write, but the coming up with the ideas is, but that's why you're just constantly, you know, sometimes, cause people, at least around Steinbeck, they recognize me now and they know who I am. And and when I go places, they they ask, oh, you're, you're here looking for ideas. And I'm like, I'm honestly not. <laughs> I'm not deliberately going places looking for ideas, mm-hmm. but, once you get in this sort of mindset, you're kind of always in a way looking for ideas, not deliberately, but just yeah. ideas present themselves. Yeah, exactly. They just, they sort of come up. So, um, and in terms of the, yeah, I just, uh, the, in terms of the book that obviously t- took a lot longer than, <laughs> uh, 
minute, 15 minutes. Uh, that's uh, years, years in the making, yeah. you know. So your book that you've written that took you longer than 15 minutes and less than yeah. 15 years is called Once Removed. And it's, right. it's, uh, it's your, is it this your first book? Is it a, a labor of love? Yeah. I, you know, I, I, uh, I wrote a book years ago, but, uh, a study self published, uh, that was like 10 years ago, but, but this is what I like. I think of this as my debut cause it's really, um, uh, this is like how I want to present myself to the world with this one. Too late, too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as far yeah, as far as as, a, as authorship over a novel, so is is this something you were thinking about, like even growing up, and this is the reason you went into uh, education, specifically teaching English, is because yeah. you had aspirations to to dovetail those careers and then be able to to write as well. <laughs> That's a good question. Obviously, those things are related. If you're teaching, uh, you know, high school English language arts and you're writing, those kind of do fit together. I think the the sort of person who would do one might like to do the other. But I don't know if I ever ever, you know, thought of it uh, as um, as something I thought of ahead of time. Really, uh, you know, I you know, as I said, I always was a writer. Uh, at least sporadically as a child and then as an adult more you know more often mm -hmm. but yeah but the book itself uh, you know I started probably six or seven even even before the Daily Bonnet you know I started it six or seven years ago but if I look at that draft compared to the finished product it's um so different uh that it doesn't even really resemble the first draft so it's a a lot of work yeah did the Daily Bonnet then influence your book along the way? Because you're looking probably, well, let's talk about the book then, the content of the book. It's sure. Just if you could just paraphrase or give us a synopsis or a, a pitch. Yeah. So, yeah. So the basic idea is uh, it takes place in a small town in, I think I say it's Manitoba. Yeah. Small town in Manitoba. Um, and the main character is Timothy Hepner. He works as a ghostwriter uh, writing uh, memoirs and a few novels, but he writes books for other people, mostly because he lives in a small Mennonite town. He's mostly writing family histories and genealogy books, uh, that kind of stuff. The Penner book and the Friesen book and the Weeb book, you know, okay. family history books. Okay. Um, that's, that's the business. That's the job he can get. But that comes in conflict with his, with his day job, which is, which is working for the uh, Parks and Rec Department, Rec with the W there. <laughs> Parks and Rec Department, because um, they have a very quote unquote progressive mayor who wants to bulldoze historic sites uh, to make room for a big box store, a Mega Mart type thing. Okay. He wants to get that in their town. So that's kind of the, the the main conflict. There's more to it, but that's kind mm -hmm. of the main conflict. Okay. What? But what, it's comedy. It's, it's okay. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Um... So are you a his, like a history nut kind of person who, like a lot of us are, where you see an old house and you're just like, I got to go look at that. I got to see what 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 makes it the way it is. I got and appreciating it along the way, no matter if it's a like a derelict old building or something that somebody's kept up. Like is that the 
Is that sort of an underlying theme with you yourself? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I've always been a little bit that way, but even since starting the Daily Bonnet, I've kind of, I don't know, maybe a psychologist could, could explain the connection between these things. But since starting the website, I've sort of become obsessed with, um, you know, the history of Southern Manitoba and my own family's history and, and not just that, but like uh, my wife and I go around and, 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 you know, there were, there are dozens of villages, for example, in Hanover, like it's the municipality where Steinbeck is in, mm -hmm. uh, dozens of villages that no longer exist. And sometimes the only thing left in these villages, the only thing left is a cemetery. Mm -hmm. So there's all these buildings and people and stories that have lost that are gone. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely. I ha do have a personal interest in all that, all that history stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that you you put that into your protagonist as well. He's obviously has that conflict. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. gets weaved in there. Yeah. Yeah. So how is it, as a book launch? Like it's available right now. Yeah, it's available. Uh, yeah, today. Oh, I don't know where the, when this is going to air, but uh, September fifteenth, it was available. Yeah. The big launch date. Okay. And how how do yeah. people get a hold of this? Is it on your site, or um, is it? You can't not through the website not through the daily bonnet but if you order it you can order it uh through uh mcnally robinson you can order it direct through turnstone press the publisher or pretty much any place you can think of where you can order books uh, or buy books it's available hey how did that go how did like uh coming up with the idea of course an author's um good at that you can put together your own uh what you want to write about the, all the ideas all the concepts everything but when you want to get it published there's a process that's outside the scope of, of the author that takes a whole different talent, and uh, which is yeah. obviously getting the publisher in, involved and interested. So how did that go for you? How's that process? Yeah, you know that is an interesting one, and, and I think some people would say it's as much work as writing the book. That's probably not true. That's probably an exaggeration. But it is a lot of work, you know, because you have to craft this query letter. Uh, send it out and, and the query letter has to be, you know, it's a very different type of writing than writing a novel. And, you know, you got to attract the publisher's attention, all that kind of stuff. I definitely will say that, um, although they didn't tell me this, but I'm assuming that the Daily Bonnet helped, you know, with that, because then I, I had an audience, I had some level of, you know, people that read my writing. So that probably helped with getting a publisher. I I suspect. Yeah. What what kind of numbers do you get in on your social media or your website? Uh, so um, on on uh, Facebook, there's uh, the page, the Facebook page. It's a website, but the Facebook page for the Daily Bonnet has about twenty five thousand uh, followers or whatever page mm -hmm. likes or whatever. L likers. <laughs> yeah, Lakers. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean the, the amount of actual traffic to the website really varies because with the nature of the sort of stuff I'm writing, it's uh, one article will go viral, you know, and it'll really fluctuate. But um, in the years that I've done it, I think I have what take ten million uh, visitors wow. in total. Yeah, and I guess you can't tell if a lot of those are repeat, of course. Um... The way you yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that. that that's re, that's not 10 million yeah. individual 
repeat, but still. Yeah. Oh, like overall, yeah. So, but it's yeah, a good. Yeah. That's a good churn. Like definitely, that's a, yeah. good, a good number. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> a lot of people are saying that's a big number. <laughs> Boy, okay. So yeah, nowadays, with with uh, getting a book published, then is it is it like the old days? Do you get an advance? Do you get to to work off of that, or is it more of a you write it, we'll publish it, then we'll take a uh, a chance together kind of thing? Uh, yeah, there is there is an advance. I won't go into the details there, but yeah, okay, there, so there's an advance. And, okay. Uh, yeah, that's it's uh, kind of the typical uh, traditional publishing. Uh, format or whatever, but we've been working on it. Like I, you know, we've been, I've been working on it. I have been working on it for six or seven years, but I actually was working with the editor from Turnstone, um, you know, for about two years, you know, where we were actually working together on it. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I really like that process. I know some people, um, maybe other writers have had negative experiences with editors or whatever, but I, I, f I felt I had a good experience with that. And the book is, is better as a result. So, yeah. Who is your editor? Uh, Sarah Entz. She, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with her. She's a, she's a poet actually. Um, but I really liked her. She had a way of um, just asking the right questions. You know, she never said you should cut this or, you should add this. She just asked questions that kind of um, led me in the right direction in a, in a lot of times. So yeah, I really like that. Sort of like a, a good director gives you direction. They don't tell you how to say the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. And not like uh, uh, who, who would be, was it, was it Hitchcock that made people do lines like 60, 70 times or who um, was it? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not Hitchcock. Uh, I don't know. Uh, some of them, one of them did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some, and some know. actors like it. And some actors are like, hey, you got the authentic one on the first take. What are you doing? <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess it could be a little overbearing in, in certain hands, but then I guess all writers are different too. I've read so much where writers will say, here's how you write a book. And then the next great writer will say the exact opposite. Here's what you do. And, <laughs> and then I've, I've, um, I've read about editors who say, well, some, some writers want you to work with them. They may not know it, but that's, that's the process. Whereas other writers, they'll, they'll send the book on the day before the deadline, but it's perfect and you don't have to change yeah. anything because they, they know how to do all that for themselves. And yeah. uh, so it's, it's like, it's like anything, you know, um, I've, from my reading on it and I've read widely on the subject, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's up to who you are and how you write and how your editor interacts with you. And that could yeah. change, that can fluctuate with any, you know, you could have 20 different editors and have a completely different experience with each one. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I haven't worked with other, other editors, so I can't compare it, but, but um, yeah, from what I heard, heard that for sure that that's, it, it varies quite widely, the, those experiences. Yeah. But you had a good one. So that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed for next time. Are you, yeah. is there, is there going to be a next time? Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I already have, you know, you, as soon as you finish one book, you got to start the next one. Right. You know, so yeah, get back. On the horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, they take years. Well, and you know, like Jack Kerouac apparently like wrote a book in two weeks, but 
Mm-hmm. For most people, <laughs> I think uh, that's not really possible. Extremely. Especially you've got a day, if you've got a day job, you know, and after if you have to write satirical articles every day, yeah. you can't turn out a book in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I can get that can get in the way of pure progress. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. So I look forward to reading the book. Is it? Is it a lot? Of, I know it's a lot of. Um, a lot of new novels these days are part of these long series where somebody will get a hold of a good character or group of characters. And it's just, yeah. you know, this is, this book's called, you know, X, Y, Z, but it's book seven of the whatever series. Right. You know, so is that in, is, are you eyeballing that? I, I, you know, you're not the first person to say that, to ask that. And I, I had didn't think of it as a series and I haven't, written any sequel or anything like that um uh i'm trying to think and i don't without you know spoiling the ending i'm trying to think where i would go with it after Mm -hmm. but who knows you know you never know uh there could be there could be sequels and things like that Uh, right now i'm not thinking about that the the book i mentioned that i'm working on is not related to this one but but you never know you never know i was was just trying to help you speed up the process because i thought maybe that'd only take two years yeah, but the book is, you know, about about trying to preserve historic buildings. Once they're all torn down, then what's the next book about? Yeah, yeah. how to uh, how to designate big box stores as historical? Yeah, exactly. You know, what kind of factors be... you'd have to look into? Yeah, uh, strip malls, getting plaques put on strip malls. <laughs> First strip mall place here, nineteen seventy three. Yeah. Uh, site of the first uh what the uh, slurpee or whatever <laughs> yeah so and so yeah you know but you know you, you know you, we laugh about that but in a way you know yeah. given enough decades the sort of things that we view as mundane modern things yeah uh, might be considered historic and we, if we don't think of them as potentially historic then you know, they'll bulldoze those too, you know. So I'll, I'll say like Bill Maher, we don't know for a fact, but it's likely that the first McDonald's is a historic site. <laughs> I think I've been to that first McDonald's. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it in Chicago somewhere? Um, I think the second one. The first one was in L.A. somewhere, wasn't it? Right. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the but the guy for, was from Chicago who bought it. The, the Ray Kroc, the first Ray yeah. Kroc McDonald's is in Chicago. I think yeah. it drove by there. Yeah. yeah, so those, but they're, they're, you know, unique looking buildings too. Right. So, but it's yeah, funny. Sure. It's, it's yeah. so funny that a McDonald's is like a historic building. And <laughs> even in a young well, nation. It's significant. What's yeah. That? Yeah. Significant. Even in a young nation like that, that kind of thing is, you know, can yeah. be historic. We're talking about, you know, you go to Europe and an, and an old building is like 700 years old. And over here, yeah. it's, you know, if it's cracking 150, then we're doing, yeah. we're doing pretty good. Did you see um, Guy Madden's My Winnipeg, the the documentary? No, but uh, uh, to be honest with you, I've meant to, and I want to many, many times I came close to watching it. I don't know why yeah. I couldn't at the time, but um, I've never seen it. Okay, so there's, uh, I don't think this is spoiling anything if I say, because it's a pretty significant part of the, the film where where uh, he's uh, he goes and films w- the Winnipeg Arena being, uh, demolished and he claims I don't know if this is true he claims in that that documentary that he snuck in while it was being demolished and he was the last one to urinate in the uh, 
the troughs, you know, <laughs> yeah. the urinals there. And then, and then, you know, he has this big, very dramatic thing about how terrible it was that they destroyed this, this, uh, this arena. And then, and then I saw in an interview where he said something about um, how th when the film showed in Europe and Germany or whatever, you know, he sort of felt like, uh, oh, here I am complaining about this arena that's not that old being mm -hmm. torn down in Europe, you know, that wouldn't even be a historic building at all, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what if this 50 year old arena is going down, you know? So it's very different perspective on what constitutes a historic building. It is, it is. And, you know, I saw, I saw recently somewhere a, uh, an old log cabin that I didn't even realize was, was right in front of me. And there's a, a log barn on the same site and they were both square buildings. They were, they're derelict yeah. of course, but they were, they're both square and standing proud. And, uh, yeah. and I was like, wow, this must be like super old. And when I looked into it, it's probably just the turn of 1900, 1901 is when they yeah. were built, but, but, it, but yeah. And I look at that and go, wow, this is super old. Somebody should be doing something. <laughs> like, yeah. where's, where's the municipality and all this? Why is the owner just leaving it here? What's going on? <laughs> Cause it's all we got. We don't have any ruins and castles and, you know, big, big complexes made of, you know, by, by masses of slaves <laughs> working away in the hot sun. Right. We don't have any of that, you know, and all the igloos yeah. have melted. They're long melted. And, you know, it's just, yeah, all of our early architecture, a lot of it was very simple and, and uh, you know, it just sort of melted back into the landscape. So, Pragmatic, yeah. Yeah, so I thought things like that people would be really excited about, you know, but it seems it seems to, to come and go as far as enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah, for preserving, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so again, people can find this book. They go to your website. They can click an order. They can also... Yeah. Uh, find it in the yeah store. not my not my website but but oh there is on uh, the website once removed now available oh let, let me yes. see where it goes oh it goes if to turnstone okay yeah 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 okay so turnstone will send me a book if i if i follow through yeah. okay 21.95 good price how many pages is it because that's how we judge uh, books right whether it's worth yeah, it. Is it is it dollar per page or something <laughs> um it's uh 269 that's pretty good 270 let's yeah. hold it can you hold it up let me see how, oh yeah just how thick that is oh thickness oh yeah that's a good that's a good good novel yes yeah. yes yeah. yeah that's decent, that, decent that looks thing. like it took about seven years to put those words in order <laughs> yeah. yeah i know it's like i think of that too you know i spend like years on this and someone could read this in i don't know like a, an afternoon i don't know how long does they could read a book of this length um I don't know. Maybe if you if you really if you're really bored into it, maybe two yeah. days or a day. I don't know. A good reader. Yeah, you could do it. But that'd be reading pretty fast and you wouldn't get much True. out of it. So you want to take your time with these kind of books. Yeah. It, well they're meaningful. Yeah. It's a real sure. it presents a real conundrum to to, to people. I, I think it's a lot like your blog, right? It's it's like, hey, look look around people. Just stop and think about this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and the Daily Bonnet, sometimes people, and I'm fine with that if they just read the headlines, but but often there's more. If you, if you read the whole, whole article, there's more there. You need to kind of just slow down mm -hmm. and uh, see what else is there. Yeah, you know? so, yeah, see the twist. There will be a twist in the second last sentence, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Okay, so 
So yeah, we encourage people to support Manitoba authors, of course. And uh, go get this book by Andrew Unger, Once Removed. <laughs> That's probably a pl about seven different plays on words there. Yeah. And, <laughs> it, I intended it at least to be interpreted in at least three different ways that I have had in mind. Right. Four. But I'm sure that people will, when you read it, you'll realize it means a bunch of different things. Therapy so. will get you the extra three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two of them you don't, you could do without knowing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, probably. Okay, there you go. Go get your copy of the book. It's a really good book. A really good book. You want to take a listen to that and uh, listen, I guess the audio book. You want to read the book. You want to listen to the, get the, is there an audio book? I don't know. Well, read the book and then decide. But it's a really good book. <laughs> okay. And you can look that up. Google it. You'll find it all kinds of places. Okay. So, uh, yeah, remember to follow us on social media. We're Manitobaville Podcast. Subscribe. Tell your friends, friends all around the world, because we can involve all kinds of Manitoba perspective in the show. We'll be doing some new episodes soon and uh, putting up a bunch of older episodes as we go here. We've realigned everything. We've made it better, slicker, nicer. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Should be should be a lot of fun moving forward. So there you go. That's all you need to know. Is that all the people need to know? Hey, Baron von Raschke. Yes, yes, that is all the people need to know. Okay, so there you go. This is the Manitobaville podcast. I'm the Angel, and we are copyright 2022 Rodeo Road Studios. Mm -hmm.